0: Thanks for joining Impact Boom on this episode.
1: Another very core value that's really important to us is transformation. So this commitment to transforming yourself and what is around you, that you're aware of how you're being in the world and how you're acting and where your biases are. And you're working on that through getting an experience with others.
0: Welcome to impactboom.org. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes.
2: Thank you for listening to episode 387 of Impact Boom. My name's Sarah, and I'm passionate about visioning, empowering, and contributing to initiatives and enterprises causing positive transformation locally and globally. And today we're speaking with Vicki Saunders. So Vicky is an entrepreneur, an award-winning mentor, advisor to the next generation of change makers and a leading advocate for entrepreneurship as a way of creating positive transformation in the world. Vicki's a founder of Hashtag Radical Generosity and Coralus, formerly known as CEO a global community of radically generous women supporting women-led ventures working on the world's to-do list. Vicky has co-founded and run ventures in Europe, Toronto and Silicon Valley and taken a company public on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Vicky has received numerous awards for her work at Coralus, including UBS Global Visionary in 2020, YWCA. Women of Distinction Award in 2020, Business Leader of the Year in 2019 by the Toronto Regional Board of Trade, 2018 Startup Canada Entrepreneurship Promotion Award, and was selected as the Global Leader for Tomorrow by the World Economic Forum in 2001. So delighted to have you here with us. Today, what we're going to touch upon in the podcast is how and why Vicky and her community of activators uh, challenging the status quo with radical generosity and powerful pathways to reimagine and value various forms of resourcefulness and fuse it into action. Ooh, good one. <laughs> So, Vicky, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Could you please share a little bit about your background and what led you to your work in the social impact space?
1: Yeah, I think I've always been in the social impact space before we knew that. From a very young age, I just remember hearing about like how the stock market works. My dad was a stockbroker. I just couldn't get it. It didn't make any sense to me. Basically, it sounded like a casino is how I looked at things. I was really interested in business, but the stuff I wanted to do was like solve problems and fix things because at the time I thought you need to fix things, which I don't really think that anymore. And I was just like really fascinated with how you can do good and make money at the same time. That was a whole thing for me and older than you. And back then people would be like, don't be ridiculous, Vicky. You go make money and then you give it away. Uh-huh. That just never fit for me. So I, I was always looking to create like new business models and, and fascinated by that. But like a really big thing happened to me. I was in Europe when the wall fell down. And so I got on a train and immediately went over to Eastern Europe and I ended up staying there for five years in Prague and was completely transformed by the experience because I for the first time in my life was surrounded by an entire country full of people, a whole region really, where everybody was dreaming about what they were going to do now that they were free. Wow. Oh my God. Like every conversation, now that I'm free, I'm going to do this. Now that I'm free, I'm going to do that. I'm like, Oh my God, (laughs) I'm free too. What am I going to do? I was in my like mid twenties and I had at that point, like all these layers of expectations on me of what you're supposed to do. Vicki Saunders, who grew up in this place with these people. You should make this much money, blah, blah, blah. Like all the layers of other people's things on me. And there I got to just wash it all off and go, if I was totally free, what would I do? And so I just looked around and people need to learn English. And I knew English, <laughs> so I started an English language school. And then I started all these other businesses. And then I got all my friends to start businesses. And then one day someone said, why are you doing this here? Instead of in your own country, I was 29 at the time. It's been the organizing question of my whole life. How do you create the conditions and the environments for people to be their best selves and I do that all within a sort of business context. So incubators, accelerators, like I did a bunch of that stuff over the years. How do you surround people with what they need? Find your greatness and then make sure you're surrounded by other people who have the greatness that you don't and then flow with ease. Go
2: forth and change things wow amazing and you said there was a point where you went back home was there a particular thing that happened to lead to that milestone for you to go home
1: yeah no not really i think it was time yeah and it was such a good question i'm like this is so juicy like how do you get people to think that they're free when they're already supposed to be free and then i really started to navigate and understand a lot of the mindset barriers that we have and a lot of the internal dialogue we have and our limited thinking And I just did a ton of personal work, navigating, deconditioning myself, like getting out of my own way with business, using business as the place to do that. Cause like every single day you get triggered for things (laughs) when you're running a business. It's a nightmare by like the people you work with, all the things. And so I used that as my vehicle for transformation, essentially.
2: Yeah. Amazing. And as the founder and activator of Coralis, can you please share some more about this enterprise, its purpose and the impact that it's generating? You know, as a pretty
1: much lifelong entrepreneur and having received all kinds of funding that's out there, different things, grants, loans, et cetera. And then being a woman in the world, another whole thing, (laughs) what it's like for us living in these systems that were not designed by us or for us. I'm very innovative. I think super differently than most people. I just have a really different lens on things, always have. And I just started to accumulate all these things and have a lot of conversations with if you were starting over again, would you really design things the way they are? It makes no sense. And when I found out that about 2% of global capital goes to 51% of the population, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> the what? And so then it was like, okay, well, clearly that thing's broken. So you don't want to just go create a woman's version of all these existing models we have because that's not going to work, which is what most people do. because yeah. That's all we see. And we think this is the only way to do it. And I'm Hardly. like, if you really reimagined it all, how would you create the conditions to support women and non-binary founders who are out there really trying to change things, like create way better healthcare systems, create zero packaging, have like really flex work models that serve humans instead of the other way around, like rethinking literally everything because we do need to rethink everything. And there are all kinds of cool ideas out there. And so I thought, what if we just get some capital together? That's the hard part, right? Getting women to write checks is hard in the existing way, but we're doing it in a super different way. We're like, basically we have a subscription model to the future that you would like. Let's subscribe to the world we want to create, let's do it together. So we're creating the world together and we're subscribing together to do that. It's 92 bucks a month. It's such a fun experience. So you can be doing like whatever you are in your world and getting your safe salary or doing whatever you're doing, but here you get to go play. Come on over, dip your toe into what the future could look (laughs) like. We pull this money together. And then once a year in country, the money stays in your country. We're doing this in five countries, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, us, UK entrepreneurs apply. They're majority women on. We have all this criteria. You apply and then we vote. So everybody who's the, in the subscription goes in and reads through these super cool applications of what people are doing. And literally, I just got a phone with this woman, Jo Lane, who's got a kelp products business that we just funded in Australia. And there are like no kelp farms in Australia, none. You import seaweed. To Australia, yeah, what? It's wild! How crazy is that, right? It's a fifteen billion dollars huge opportunity. She has this idea to do this, and she's been working on it, and it's amazing. And she's got revenue, etc. Anyway, these are the kind of businesses that apply. Women in the community vote, and it's like a totally democratic process. We disrupt all the power dynamics that usually happen when four people decide what the world should look like. We don't do that. We have a whole collective decision making. And then they get a 0% interest loan. And then all of us can help. I'm helping right now by telling the story. You're helping by doing the podcast. Someone else might make an introduction. Someone buys her kelp products, tells people about it. And we all just contribute our little bit. And we just watch things grow. And we're all part of collectively doing this. And now we have 170 ventures we've funded around the world. And we're all in this community together learning how to do things differently. In the beginning, people would be like, I wouldn't know how to pick a business. I'm like, you do it every day. You go to a store and you buy things. That's creating an economy. You're deciding what the world looks like by what you buy.
2: Absolutely.
1: It's really fun. And we have a super high payback rate, 95%. We're loaning this money out. It goes to those that the community wants it to go to. They pay it back and then it rolls forward to the next. So this will be here for our Daughters, granddaughters, everyone is following us for generations. It's like a totally different inheritance that we get to leave behind.
2: Mm, beautiful. Could you speak into more the core values of Coralus and what they look like in action?
1: One of the first ones is generosity, We call it radical generosity. I've spent a lot of time with elders, a lot of time with like people that are way older than me asking them about what the meaning of life is since I was a little kid. <laughs> I've just been like, why are we here? What's the point of all this? One of the things that I noticed is like these folks that I was hanging out with a lot, they were just all women, incredibly generous, like unbelievably generous. And I kept noticing that the more generous that you are to other people around you, the more likely they are to like tell you what's really going on with them, maybe share the dreams they have inside of them. When we get into these safer environments, we show up fully as ourselves. And then we can be accepted as being fully ourselves. And then we're like, oh, I'm okay the way I am. I don't have to change anything. I don't have to fix things. And in most environments that we're in the world, they're not generous. They're not that kind. We're quite harsh on each other. And so we keep ourselves smaller. The number one thing that I think would change so much in the world is if we showed up in this spirit of generosity with each other and with ourselves if you're having a rough day give yourself a break and be generous and don't keep kicking it when you're done and so the first thing is generosity another very core value that's really important to us is transformation so this commitment to transforming yourself and what is around you that you're aware of how you're being in the world and how you're acting and where your biases are and you're working on that through getting an experience with others and so racial justice working groups all different things going on in our community over the years as we try to decondition ourselves, because the time that we're in right now requires us to imagine our way out of it. We're not going to think our way out of it with like rational thinking, because all of our stuff is based on the past and the way we've done things in the past. We have to rethink the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Think what we value. And the planet is more important than profits to me, because <laughs> there are no profits without a planet.
2: Yeah.
1: And people, same thing. And so we just need to adjust what's going on here. And the more people that do get into a shared vision of how the world could look really differently, the more we're going to create that world. The more that we think this is the only way to do it for people that really do think this is the only way. This is a whole made up thing. Every single system and structure is made up by humans 400 years ago for a super different time, not working anymore. Let's change it right now. Five people have the same wealth as half the planet, like crappy economic model. This is not about winner takes all. This is not what's going to serve us. It's going to make us extinct. Transformation in particular, and then generosity are really critical. And then we have lots of others. You can see them on our website, Coreless.world. Those are two big ones that really start to shift what it's like to be in a community like this.
2: Beautiful. And what are some actionable steps and key learnings that you'd suggest to change makers who are looking to grow their organizations or level up their impact?
1: One big part of learning and transformation that I've been working on for a long time and it's just, oh God, I can't believe that I bought into this for so long, but we really live in this mindset of scarcity, that there's not enough for everyone, which is so not true. Another one of things that we talk about a lot is abundance. There's yes. enough for everyone. It's just badly organized. So yeah, to yeah. So
2: it's the distribution. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. And as a changemaker type or someone who just really would like things to look different, I think the place to go first is find out where others are doing things differently and go join the parade. Get in a community, get involved. And if you see people that are running businesses that you're inspired by or interested in, go get in those communities and learn from them. The way that we're conditioned is, I need to be ready to be in a place like that. So no, you go when you're not ready. That's like the best time to start. Don't be perfect. Like all those things that you think you need to be, Go jump in and find a place where you can ask for support, where you can share what's going on, where people can help you with that journey and make it easier. Everything is easier in community, everything. And so if you're finding yourself alone and you have a narrative of being alone, you've got to break that down. That's the really hard part to break through. And the easiest way to do that is in a community because then people can see you and go. Hey, you're amazing, Sarah. Oh my God. And you're like, what this thing, this is what I do all the time because we tend to undervalue what we're amazing at. Cause it's so easy for us. It's really important to get in these communities and witness that when you're in your excellence and your amazing thing that you do effortlessly, there are other people who do all those things that you're crappy at. And they like to share them cause it's easy for them. Just like you share what you're good at. This is so mind-blowingly simple. But we're organized to think to do all this stuff yourself, learn all this stuff yourself, do it alone. That's just a total recipe for suffering and disaster. And that's how I spent most of my life. And now it's so much easier because I'm in this community of all these people that are sharing and open to giving to each other. It's so different. It's like entering a whole new world.
2: Mm. And connecting with an innate knowing within us that is a natural flow. That's what I'm feeling when you're speaking to that
1: it's hard to see this stuff yourself. I think this is why we're social creatures, right? We can show each other, we can hold up the mirrors for each other. And then you're like, oh, it is what I do is good. Oh, really? What do you mean? (laughs) Me? Because I don't know about anyone else listening to this, but by the time I was like in my twenties, I had been told literally every single thing that's wrong with me. Thank you very much. A couple hundred times, if not, wow. more. I just get picked at all the time. You should be better at this. And have you tried this and why are you doing it nonstop? So it'd be in a place where people are like, you're awesome. Is a whole different thing. It just brings out a different kind of person who's
2: inside of you. Mm, yeah. It shifts how you can show up so many things. appeal much so. To yeah. The layers of the not self, right? Um, yes. Yeah. Amazing. So where do you see opportunities arising for impact led individuals to start their own initiatives and generate positive change?
1: Yeah, no idea. It's more like, where do they see things like that? There's like an endless bucket of things. It's impossible for me. I could walk down the street and find 32 new businesses in a block. just from all of the things I see that just seems so backwards and wrong and weird. I started with little experiments of like, this doesn't seem right. Could that be done differently? And you do something different. And you're like, oh yeah, that's way better. And then what else could I tweak? And when you start with small steps, but I think that the thing is, start with the place that you're really amazing. Most people start with what's really hard. I've sat at too many tables of founders are so like, let's find something really hard to solve. And I'm like, why? Why do you find something really easy to solve? <laughs> you guys are like perfectly made for the only two questions I'm fascinated by when I meet a new founder is why you, so why are you the person to be solving this problem or doing this thing? And why now Because timing is really important. Is this something that's really needed in the world right now? Is it something like the world needs that you're good at? And like the divine timing is all there. Why you and why now? If you've got a good answer to that, go and then find the others. I think a lot of the ways that we taught business and change making in schools is find a market niche and exploit it. (laughs) Just like, no, if that's in your head, don't do that. It's really tough to be an entrepreneur. So what is the thing that you're obsessed with that you're going to wake up and you're like, I have to solve this thing. I can't sleep until it's done. You need that burning something in you. And if you don't have something that's at that level, like just start taking baby steps towards something and you'll find it
2: on the path. Mm, It's really helpful and what are some inspiring I know it's probably like you said seeing it every day what are some inspiring projects or initiatives that you've come across recently that you just are blown away by
1: I am mostly it's not necessarily the content of what people are doing Mm -hmm. although that's cool too the thing that most inspires and lights me up every day is when someone steps out of their comfort zone to do something that's like Crazy! I think there should be kelp farms in Australia. We need to have kelp farms. Like seven years later, she's still there, trying to convince people to do this thing, and finally just found an open door
2: Amazing. in South Australia.
1: Just like so, that inspires me when. There's just that person is here to do that work. They know it. And I will do anything to support folks that are doing stuff like that. I love education. And so I'm like really passionate about people that are trying to rethink how we do school. And one of our entrepreneurs has a company called 21 Toys, and she thinks that toys are the new textbooks because you can't really learn the skills of the 21st century from reading a theory right, they're experiential and failure. You need to learn these skills and understand them so that we get out there in this imagination time. And so she's created these really cool toys that people play with to learn this. And employees at banks that have empathy as one of their values are all being trained on this right down to kids in kindergarten. So I love stuff that just really gets at the meaty things because learning is lifelong, so it's not like I need something for curriculum in grade five where you're learning X. It's not that it's more like what experiences can we create for people to think differently, to create the kind of future we want.
2: Love it. And I'm so with you on that play serious business.
1: It is. It totally is. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Awesome. So to finish off, what books or resources would you recommend mm-hmm. to our listeners? I just did this really fun podcast called Two Pages
1: where you read two pages from your favorite book and then you do the podcast on it, which I thought was like such a fun idea. Awesome. And so the book that I did was, oh, I'm putting this up here, Not doesn't matter because we're on podcast, but Astonishing the Gods by Ben Okri. He won the Booker Prize. He's a Nigerian poet. An author based in London. And this opened up my brain to imagining the world could look really different. The concept is like basically this person who goes to an island where all the most important things are invisible and you have to actually live the values, which is so beautiful. Love. I just love them. Everywhere. But also, like, the hospitals are places when you go when you're well and they're full of music. And The banks are a place where you deposit thoughts, because those are the most important things. Money's not a thing. And the highest form of education is the the art of living and healing oneself. There's just like really different values. Yeah. I mean, I just, I'd be like, oh my God, listen to this. And so I, I used to read it to my teams because I just remember reading it the first time. I think that was the first time I ever read in like a non like fairy tale book, a society that was completely the opposite of what we've got in front of us. And it really is, if you can imagine that, we could totally change how these things look. We could change how school looks. We could change how healthcare looks. We could change how our homes look, how our business works, which we got a little taste of that in COVID. No, you can't work at home and then, oh, okay. <laughs> Billions of people are working at home, so I guess that works next. What do we really know? So I love that book, Astonishing the Gods by Ben Ocrate, and then another book that was just massively formative for me from a business perspective, same kind of vibe. It's called Birth of the Chaotic Age, Chaos and Order, Chaotic Age, by D. Hawk, who is the founder of Visa. He created a really different organization that actually never really took off, but I do believe that like, he just had all this genius that people will be writing about him in 20 years going, oh, that's really what we should have been doing. It's dwhawk.com, his website, and there are like eight little essays on there about management principles, which I find just absolutely fascinating. So there's a couple of things.
2: Amazing. Thank you so much for your generous insights, time and new era wisdom, which the world needs now. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank
1: you.
0: Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below. And remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website. Facebook page and Twitter.